Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Pursuing your future doesn't end at 40. In fact, it may mark the beginning of knowing who you are, what you're capable of, and what you really want. But knowing what's next and how to get there can be a challenge, especially when old narratives play on repeat. Liberty Road is here to share stories so that you can consider your possibilities, pursue your purpose, and move into your future with intention. I'm your host, Netta Jones, and we're here to listen, learn, and liberate dreams one episode at a time. Well, hello, Liberty listeners. Welcome to another episode of Liberty Road. I'm so excited that you guys are a part of this conversation today. We're having a three-way chat with my two new Instagram friends, Lisa License and Julie Neefsey. And it's such a pleasure to have them both here in the conversation with us. And I'm going to let them each introduce themselves. And then we'll talk a little bit about why they're here and what we want to chat about today. So first of all, um, Lisa License, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, Neda. So nice to have you. And Julie Neefsi, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us all the way across the pond. It's really, really lovely to meet you. I feel very international whenever we do these <laughs> podcasts. So thanks for that. So Julie, let me start with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your platform and why you started it. It was a private Instagram channel for, for a few years. Really, I, I kind of started it and I thought of the name it was when I was sort of turning 50 and trying to come up with my name. And it was really to explore being 50. So the 50th is, is my tag. And I was thinking that by the end of this decade, I'm going to have some idea of what it's like to be 50 and hopefully be some sort of expert at, you know, being 50. And that was what it was about, really, for me in a very small way. Um, it kind of very quickly transitioned to being about silver hair. I joined the Silver Sisters community in the sense that I became friends with lots of them and um, started communicating with women across the world. That then led to it becoming about pro-age um, issues because that just started to come into the conversation all of the time and I became really interested in that so I try and support that through my channel as well and yeah the sort of no shame about aging kind of angle is really important I think to to all of the women who've gone through the, or going through the transition as that sort of carried on I had a, a sort of situation where I had a, a recurrence of a breast cancer that I'd had 20 years previously and that boosted my my interest in well-being, looking after myself as I age. Um, and then that ended up with the clean beauty sort of focus of why did I get two breast cancers? I did some research and started looking into what's in what we're putting on our faces and what we're putting on on our hair. And that sort of became part of my whole 
kind of mishmash of things really. I'm not very niched down, but I really enjoy all of the different aspects of the things that I look at and that I put on my on my channel really. It's funny that you say that you're not very niche down because as I experience you um, on Instagram, it's a very clear message. So I don't at all feel like it's all over the place. Actually, I think I'd be bored if I just did the one thing and I'm really interested in lots of things. I think like Lisa as well. And, uh, you know, so it's good to mix it up a bit. Well, I think the tight part is the 50 part. I, you know, I think that's the, that's the cohesive yeah. piece. There's many layers to us and what it means to be living in this sort of midlife season. So I, I appreciate that. Lisa, how about you? Tell us the name of your handle. Okay. My account is Hi Ho Silver Lisa. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was encouraged by a lovely lady who I met on Facebook, actually. I was eight months into growing out my silvers. And I thought, oh, I wonder if there's any support on Facebook. And I found this wonderful community growing gracefully or something like that. Uh So I joined that group and a lady reached out in private and said to me, have you ever heard of Silver Sisters on Instagram and the hashtag, which I hadn't. And she sort of said, I encourage you to start an account. I mean, I had an account already on Instagram, but it was private just for friends and relatives Mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she encouraged me. And uh, so I thought, oh, why not? Um, it was the start of lockdown over here in England. So we were whiling away the days just sort of gardening and, you know, not doing very much. And I thought, yeah, why not? It sounds wonderful. It sounds very supportive. Um, it sounds very inspirational. And uh, yeah, I wanted inspiration, really, because it was a big step. I mean, I was eight months in. I've been wearing a hat for eight months or tying my hair back. <laughs> I mean, loving what, loving what I was seeing. But still, you know, it, it, it would have been nice to have some sort of support as I wasn't really seeing anyone. Obviously, just going out walking the dog around the country lanes, but not really seeing anyone. So, yeah, so I did that. Called it Hi Ho Silver Lisa. That was after um, my brother and my love for the Lone Ranger. When we were younger. I love it. Yeah. So I thought, why not go for higher silver release? So tie in a few things. That meant, you know, a lot to me. Before long, it was like, oh, my gosh, this incredible community of women. Not only inspirational, but um, just kind, supportive, always making comments. You're doing amazing. You know, just well done. Keep going. And it was at a time where... I don't know. I think as we get older, for us women, it's really lovely to have a tribe, Absolutely. to have connections and have these beautiful women. And it's, I, I just felt really important. So it was good for me to, yeah, to be open to this. One of the things that struck me as both of you were talking was this need for a support system to go silver. I've never heard of a man needing a support system to go silver. <laughs> so. Yeah. So why do you think, and and Julie, I'll ask you first, why was that silver sisterhood important? Was it to know how to to go silver? Was it just the process of it? Or was it banding together with other women? It was both of those, all the things that Lisa said. Uh But I think it it isn't indicative of how terrifying that moment is for a lot of women to actually let Mm. go and reveal what's underneath if you like and step into that moment where you are owning what you are and I wanted to see other people doing it kind of thing I wanted to see that there were I wasn't alone and once I did see that I wasn't alone it made it incredibly uh easy in a way because I could just like Lisa said you just lean on people people give you advice you'll post something and everyone go yeah that's great and you think Wow, yeah, it is okay, you know, because society doesn't tell you that it's okay. Yeah, it doesn't. No, exactly. We're bludgeoned into this. You have to keep it dyed. You have to keep it dyed. It's shameful to have. I was ashamed of my grey hair, literally ashamed of it. You know, I got to the point where I had to give it up because of the. I, I was allergic to the dye, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I thought, in a minute, I'm going to have a really bad reaction, and I'm going to end up in hospital or something. So I had to give it up. But it was still really, really scary. And and joining the Silver Sisters opened it all up for me and made it much easier. So Julie, you, as you just said, you had to give it up, but then it sounds like you leaned into almost the metaphor of what it represented in your life. Is that accurate? Yeah, because as soon as you start doing it, it becomes this journey. Mm -hmm. It's a big metaphorical journey of, I can't 
can't tell you how many sisters I've heard say this because as you grow through it, you, especially if you grow it out, if you grow it out inch by inch, you just learn so much about yourself as you do it. There's almost a, a humility in having to do it. It's like, mm. here I am gradually revealing myself, you know, bit by bit, inch by inch. And as it comes down, you start thinking, actually, I'm okay. And I, nothing happened. I didn't explode because my hair, you know, everyone's still, <laughs> yeah. t- everyone's still talking to me. I'm still, I'm okay. <laughs> And Lisa, I want to ask you the same thing. Why did you make that decision? Um, Was it similar to Julie? Was it something that you needed to do or had to do? I was a little bit curious of what my natural hair color was like, to be honest. I've always been into natural health and looking after myself. So I used to go to a plant-based natural hairdressers. Mm -hmm. So I always felt that I wasn't putting too many chemicals in, you know, into my body while I was doing it. But Actually, just before I grew it out, I, uh, a few years before, I decided I'd go a bit lighter because I thought, oh, when I do transition, it will make it easier. Yeah. You know, I won't see that glaring silver line there for, you know, for the week after I've had my hair done. So gradually I went blonder and I was like that for a couple of years and it was fun. It was just something fun to do. I was thinking, actually, as lovely as the blonde is, it doesn't really go with my natural skin tone yeah. at all. And I wanted to know what my actual natural hair color was, you know, what it had turned into, because I knew that was going to be the one color that was going to complement my skin sure, tone. the most. So it was a, a curiosity that became, it sounds yeah. like, something more as, as you experienced Absolutely. it and probably as you got involved in the sisterhood, as you start exchanging stories and information, encouraging one another, then all of a sudden it takes on this life of its own. Okay, let's go back to the platforms. I think a lot of our listeners, you know, one thing I I used to hear a lot as a consultant, and I still continue to hear, is this kind of great divide between women in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and technology. And you two kind of went the other way. You leaned into it as you were talking more and more about your journey into midlife. You were leaning into a technology that is relatively new. Why did you choose to do it? Was it something that was organic? You were already on Instagram anyway, so what the heck? Or were you more intentional about, I'm going to really get to know this one platform and make something of it? I know you both had private accounts and then you you know, started to talk more and more about your own journey. But at some point, there had to have been something more intentional or a decision made about that. Julie, you can start. I think mine happened with, oh, I've quoted her a couple of times, actually. Um, there's a woman at work when I was uh, still working. I used to work in a school. And we were having a conversation one day. And we were both on Instagram. Because we worked at a school, it had to be private. So you couldn't have a, a public account. I see. And... Um, I remember talking to her and we were looking at what people were doing and, and particularly, you know, women of our age. And she said to me, oh, they're having so much fun. And I remember thinking, I'm not having that much, that much yeah. fun. <laughs> I'm just not having enough fun. And, and it started a few things thinking, you know, I was thinking about things. I'd posted a, a few things, but because my account was private, when I, I did make it public before I actually left my job, but because my name was the 50th, nobody knew who I was and I didn't put my name on it. So it kept it quiet. And I could see right. that there was something fun out there that I could do. I just, that's, that, was, that was all it was about really. And, and the support for the silver hair. I always like computers as well. So if you talk about the technology, I've always liked computers and I get fascinated by all the little editing apps and all the things that you can do. And I've, and I've made so many mistakes and my first reel was just dreadful. If, if anyone is out there and is thinking about it, um, just tr- just go. You'll learn as you go. That's what, what we've all done. And I love that you led with fun, that you led with fun. You, you were looking for. for something that was an outlet. And so you, in not taking it so seriously in the beginning, you were able to be curious and experiment and not not edit too much. And I think that probably was part of your success is that people could see that and wanted to engage with that on the other end. Yeah, there's an innocence about it in yeah. those, especially in those, don't you think, Lisa, in those early days, 
and and what was really helpful was that the Silver Sisters do things like they put challenges out there. So they'd say Silver Sisters in hats, and everyone would yes. p- post a picture of themselves with a hat. You know, that's right, lovely. And, and it just gives you an easy way to just kind of bung some content out there, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter yeah. if, it, yeah. if you get it wrong. You think it matters? It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, everyone's <laughs> just having fun, aren't they? Yeah. And Lisa, was it the same for you? Was it, it sort of this unintentional, like, okay, I think I'll just be transparent about my silver experience? Absolutely, very organic. I didn't, not very tech based at all. So it was just going with the flow, really. And like what Julie was saying, when these wonderful sisters are throwing out all these challenges, I thought, like, oh, how do we do that? And it'd just be like, you know, just. Uh, just fumbling along the way but uh yeah getting there eventually I mean I'm still there on the settee doing that with my reels like Julie was at the beginning but um, um you might <laughs> no, notice, you're not. But I don't I don't do I don't do too many reels actually or sometimes I'll call Julie up and say oh Julie how do I do this <laughs> she's the expert it's awesome that you actually have each other in that I think that's part of what's uncomfortable for many women in this age group is that you know, they're relying on their kids and they're like, well, I don't really want to do what my kids are necessarily doing, but I want to have my own uh, social media experience. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? And you guys are, are sort of examples for one another. So it's nice that you're yeah, able to, absolutely. to ask each other. At what point did each of you, and Lisa, I'll just start with you since we're chatting. Um, at what point did you realize, oh, this is a thing. This is not just a pastime or me having fun. This is a thing. People are paying attention. I have a voice. Perhaps I have a responsibility because I have a voice. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think it was um, a few months in when I started noticing my followers going up quite dramatically mm-hmm. and I was getting some really beautiful feedback. Because um, originally I was just putting some quotes up that I resonated with. Yeah, there'd be some really beautiful feedback from that. And then um, after a few months, I started getting a bit braver, sort of growing into myself, my, my authentic self and thinking, actually, I'm going to sort of share my thoughts, my feelings, maybe my thoughts for the day or whatever. And um, I got really lovely feedback, really supportive. Some women private messaging me saying, really love what you're doing. And could you give me some tips on my hair, trying to grow it out or, you know, just things like that. And that's when I started taking it a little bit more seriously and feeling that I could really help other women mm-hmm. become more of an encourager and a supporter and um, just wanted to invite people in to be friends, to uh, offer friendship really. Do you think that that intention was part of what the uptick was about? You know, going from quotes, it's really interesting that you did that. So you go from quotes, which you think, oh, this is consumable for everybody. But it wasn't until you yourself showed up that you were able to see that kind of response. Mm. Would you say that's the case? Yes, I think it was actually. I think it made it more real. It made it more, I, I was actually feeling feeling these words and seeing that they didn't just represent me. They represented a much wider audience. There was a lot of women out there that, that could resonate with what I was putting out there. Right. When you were showing up, were you kind of entertaining? Were you being thoughtful and sharing some sort of wisdom or some deep reflection? What were you doing? Yeah. More thoughtful. Okay. Definitely more thoughtful. Definitely showing a part of myself which had been quite hidden, I suppose, for a while, you know, just to my closest friends, obviously. Yeah. But um, for a wider audience, you know, I would never have really done that. I wouldn't have had the um, the confidence to do that. Yeah. So it gave me that ability as well. And then once you saw people responding in those relationships, that was sort of bonds beginning and feeling like, oh, I people are inspired by this, then it sort of generates the will or the excitement to do the next one. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And Julie, how about for you? When did you know, I've really got something here. I, I, I want to expand it or I want to take it more seriously. Well, just listen to what Lisa said. And I think it's when you feel like you're 
giving some value for for, for people that there's worth mm-hmm. to what you're creating or what you're putting out there and um for me it was the pro age stuff was important and i felt like i became part of a an important movement that was going on and i enjoyed that and the yeah. conversation it's, it's the debate for, for me as well it's it's where people where you say something that that people go yes damn it you know yeah. this is what's happening and there's lots of talk you know lots of people feel strongly about things like Lisa said, it was for the first time in, in probably my whole life, I felt like I could say what I thought, which is mm. unreal, isn't it? And so it's given it's me, a gift. It's, it's a gift, it's given me a tribe, it's given me a platform, it's given me connections, I've met people, I've done things I never thought I would. And that grew out of saying something and someone going, yes, you're right about that. And it, it being that kind of dialogue with thousands of people. And that gives you a sense of, of your scene, I think. So that's yeah. what drove me on. And, and mine took a slightly different because I have done some beauty things. I've been able to work with brands. If you told me five years ago I'd be doing that, I would have laughed you out of the room, honestly. I want to unpack that because I think this is where the mystery is, right? So people are going to go to your respective platforms. They're going to see two beautiful women who are being honest about their journey. And they might feel that that's far away from them, right? And so what I want to do is kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and explain to them, what is this role of an influencer? How does one decide that this is going to happen? Anytime I interview an influencer, it almost always starts with a story similar to yours. I did it for fun. I did it because I just wanted to share a little bit more of who I was. I did it because I wanted to build community in this midlife space where I didn't see any. And so I think that's the first lesson. The first lesson is the intention is, to your point, Julie, to give value, right? And to have fun and to... Uh, kind of share who we are. And and Lisa, you've shared beautifully how that sort of organically happened for you. But then there's that next step that's I'm being more intentional about it and I'm able to perhaps monetize it. So how does that work? Explain to somebody who all they know, all they've done on Instagram is share a couple pictures of their kids and their dogs and, you know, their vacations how do you start to think about this as a tool, not just to build community around, but to perhaps monetize? And maybe you've done this in two different ways. I don't know, but I'd love to hear your stories. Again, for the sake of the listener saying, is this something I'm interested in doing? Or maybe it's not me as a personality, but I have a brand. How do I utilize the tips and tricks that Lisa and Julie used on their respective platforms to move myself forward. So Lisa, I'll start with you. Okay. Um, I haven't actually had any financial gain from my account as yet. Very generous um, businesses send me free clothing and makeup and skincare, obviously all within my ethics, you know, in line with um, what I stand for. And also I have now got a wonderful New York agency, which has come about since starting this wonderful account as well so from that's that point awesome of view, thank Woo! you thank, thank <laughs> you yeah my biggest fan oh that's great i'm her number one fan oh that's very so sweet lovely. i love that so yeah so from that point of view and so the work that's coming from that i think what i want people to hear in that is that by postponing that because i'm sure there were opportunities for you to find you know, financial sort of kickbacks here and there. But by you postponing that and focusing on your message and only showing makeup, skincare, clothing that is in line with who you are as a brand, right? Like this is consistent with who I am. I'm not taking on anything that doesn't stand for what I stand for, that doesn't have the same core values. Absolutely. I think the result of that is you are a very trusted voice to that community. And now when it's time for an agency to bring you on, they know that you are you are what you say you are and the following you have is because of that. So I think 
you know, and we've had, again, influencers on who have been very, very clear about that. Like, I pushed back, I postponed any financial gain in the short term because mm-hmm. I knew the message was was bigger. And I think what you have to think about building is it's not, that time isn't wasted. It's social capital that you're building. It's trust. It's people believing you are who you say you are. And eventually that will have its payoff. So Julie, I'll, I'll flip back to you. How has monetizing that, you had brought that up at some point, worked for you? And I'm glad you guys have two different stories because it adds to the breadth of what we're, what we're offering up for our listeners. So I didn't go into it with any view that I would be able to make any money because, again, it was just kind of the fun thing. Once I'd had um, the, second, the second breast cancer happened in 2021 and I sort of went through my recovery. I did open that out on um, Instagram. So I had lots of support from, from women across the world, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And, and it was what I needed because the first time I had cancer, I didn't talk to anybody, anybody at all. And so it, it was great to have that support. So I was still on Instagram a little bit and then that kind of picked up and I started doing some more after that. And a lovely company called Indeed Labs contacted me before I had that and, and said, did I want to do a paid contract with them to, to promote a product? And I had never done anything. So I, I remember saying, I've never done this before. <laughs> and, I, and also I've got to go and have this operation and I can't do anything right now. I'm still interested if you want to do something when, I, when I'm better and they're like yeah "Yeah, we'll wait it's fine and they contacted me throughout and said this is what we want you to do and and I had already done the first thing I ever did actually was a jewelry shoot for a a local business Rachel who makes beautiful enamel jewelry and that was really scary because I'd never done anything like that before any kind of modeling uh you know, I, that, that was utterly terrifying, but really fun. And uh, like I say, it's all about the fun. <laughs> you did a fantastic job. Thank you. And then so so that was my first paid job, but I didn't have a clue how to price it. You know, I, everything was Googled. I just Googled the heck out of Go- you know Google, trying to find <laughs> what to do, how to do it. I didn't know anybody that did it. So I just had to find out on my own, really. And as time went on, and I did a few more. I, I then started to ask other sisters about it and how, and the ones that, you know, are great at it. You can see they do loads of it. And I got some advice from different people and started to get a feel for how, how that might work. But it is, I wouldn't say that's easy. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it can be quite complicated sorting out the deals. There's lots of things that if you're not careful, you can really get taken for because... Yeah. If you give an inch, they'll take a mile because it'll cost them less. That's not brands I've worked with, but I know that there are brands that do that because the ones I've worked with, again, like Lisa, I've chosen ones that are really, really fit with my ethos. I do my diligence on on the brands that I work with. They are exactly what I want to work with and I check them out to the best of my ability anyway. So it kind of fits. It's the same thing as Lisa. We've come to that separately. It's just that you just want to work with people that represent your core values and you do get offered loads of gifted stuff. Like, I don't know about you, Lisa, I get every week I get a good number mm-hmm. of offers come through of things I just don't feel like aligned with. Like I, they're just not part of what I want to be part of. So when refusing yeah. things regularly mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. picking the things that um, feel right. One of the gifts of working, whether it's on social media or just in any particular job, when we're doing it at this age is if we have the luxury of choosing who we work with and how we work and what we represent, it's such an opportunity, right? To be able to say, I've lived this long. I've made mistakes. I've, I know what I want. I know what I don't want. And it, what, what a gift to be able to lean into that. And I know not everybody has that luxury. Like for some people, they don't have the choice. They need they need to work to put food on the table and they don't get yeah. to choose those things. So for those of us who have that, while it's a privilege, I always say it's a responsibility too. And it's good for us, I think, to own that responsibility and to continue to build that trust with for you guys, for people who are paying attention to what you're saying. I think also that although it is a luxury to be able to pick, it's if you overload your page with lots Mm. and lots and lots and lots of selling 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 Mm. selling it doesn't work you're going to lose people and people don't want to be sold to no that said there are some there are some amazing women out there who 
who just integrate it seamlessly into what they do and you don't feel like you're being sold. It's just, you know, that's their business. So some people do it brilliantly and other people can get get it wrong. Yeah. And if you get it wrong, people just feel like that you're choosing things all the time yeah. and it's just thrusting it down their throat really and it doesn't feel right. So you've got to kind of space it out. I actually feel a little bit uncomfortable when I feel I'm in a position where I have to push something. So mm. I try not to go there with companies like Julie said you know if you are hearing from these companies uh day in day out you know wanting to push their products on you you know it's about stepping back a little bit but as Julie said some people do it seamlessly you know and they're amazing at what they do Mm. but for me personally where I'm coming from it's more about just being completely honest authentic and yeah just promoting people that who I love Yeah. When it's not selling, when it's giving advice, when it's like, I need to tell you this, I need to tell you my audience this because this is so awesome. That's a very different feeling than I wouldn't use this myself, but I need to do this so I can make money. And people can sense that. People can see through that. So it strikes me that this silver sisterhood has been so much more than just support in growing out your silver hair. It seems to me that you've leaned on each other, as you've both said more than once, to learn about Instagram and growing your Instagram, to find community within each other. I mean, Lisa, you just said that Julie is your number one fan, or Julie said it. And just to have that sort of support as you're going through things beyond growing your silver hair, to have that kind of community is really Uh, important. And one of the things I hear a lot when I'll be picking people's brains, women's brains and say, what do you want to hear more from us as a brand? What are the things that you're struggling with? What I hear a lot is I don't know how to make new relationships. That finding female friendships that go beyond my, you know, my children's soccer mom sort of friends or whatever. I don't know how to find that. It's been really hard at this point, at this juncture. And I think it's, they're not talking about just surrounding themselves with people, but really meaningful relationships. For sure. What you guys have been able to be a part of, it's really helped to um, define what those meaningful relationships are and need to be and can be. And it's all been done via social media. Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm sure you couldn't have guessed it. Never. We could never have guessed it. We go on mini breaks together. Yeah, with others. We do. (laughs) Yeah. We do share cake together. We, uh, yeah, we just, yeah, it's a lot of sharing, lots of heart connection and um, just something that is just unexpected, isn't it, really? I think when my kids grew up personally and you weren't there at the school gates anymore, and it was just dropping off and going home. And a few of my really close friends are Australian. So I never really get to see them very much. And so I dropped the kids off. I'd go home and it was all about being at home. I've got quite a few animals. So it's being with the animals, being with myself, all really, really lovely. But I was really craving mm. the, those connections, seeing them face to face, being able to connect, you know, meet up and chat over a cake. But as we get older, I think for for us, I, I think it's just so important. Yeah. We're going through so many changes, so many emotion, emotions, everything from hair to menopause to health issues like lovely Julie here. You know, so to have someone we can actually cry with, mm-hmm. laugh with, share with is just yeah. off the scale, really. And incredible that um instagram actually offered this yeah you know it's just it was just mind-blowing and it was something that i personally never ever imagined in a million years when i put that first picture up showing three inches (laughs) of gray hair (laughs) i didn't know what was around the corner well i want to say something that i think is really key here It's not just enough to throw up an Instagram. You had that experience. You both had those experiences because you shared your, you gave first. And so it becomes an invitation to other people to then connect with you. If you are putting out, especially now, I think we're sort of beyond, you know, 
things that look a little too fake or a little too happy all the time or whatever. Like we want people to show up as genuinely who they are. And I think that community and the depth of those relationships that you found yourself in was a result of what you did first. Like you began that transaction. And I want people to hear that it's not enough to just put a bunch of pretty pictures up on an Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, Neda, because I think you've got to, you've got to engage. So if you're going to put pictures up there, you have to play the game a bit. You ha- you, do you know what I mean? You have to talk to people. You have to get out there and, and start talking to people and answer people when they put a com- comment. And, you know, if somebody DMs you, then and you want to, you don't have to, but you can, you know, interact with them that way if you yeah. want to. So, and and all of those things will help grow your confidence because I think women, when they get to this kind of mid-period can feel empty nesty or what's what is there left out there for me and and where are my connections and where's it what's going to happen it's just like I'm coming off a cliff I think I I mm-hmm. feel I'm feeling that, yeah. that with my menopause it's an allergy you know what <laughs> what is there down there you know yeah. and the connections are are like the lifelines if you like and but you have to engage yeah. so if anybody's listening and they're thinking about doing it then then get in there and just get stuck in, talk to some people because it's also a really safe space to talk to people. Mm-hmm, you don't absolutely. have to see people's faces and you can start to build up confidence just by commenting on those people's regularly, you know, or that answering people and, and starting to recognise people. And then you, like, we feel such kinship with these women. When we met a whole bunch in London last year, it was insane. You know, we, we were so <laughs> excited because we'd seen them for couple of years and we yeah. felt like we knew each other and we really kind of did Absolutely. and and it was yeah. just joyful and we made reels and we mucked around and we only met for a day you know we stayed Absolutely. a little bit longer but it was a beautiful beautiful thing and so those are the things that can happen but you have to engage gosh kudos to whoever started that yeah it was more than a movement right they've started this this massive community Absolutely. so Let's talk about the the silver hair thing just for a second. And Julia, I want to ask you, what is it that, and I referenced this earlier when we talked about how men don't need community to go silver. What is it that you think is holding us back? Is it internal? Is it a social construct? Is it that we're so afraid of aging and this is the first sign of it? What is it that you feel like we're struggling with to sort of naturally embrace this? And let's be honest, it's an easy thing to mask, right? It's much easier than plastic surgery. It's much much easier than dieting and all these other things that we feel like we've got to kind of suck up and and remain some sort of 30-year-old version of ourselves. But what do you think it is about the the silver hair piece with you as an advocate, what do you think is is kind of holding us back and why are you so hell-bent on encouraging us <laughs> to go silver? Um, I think that you, you've you kind of hinted at lots of things in, what you, in your question, mm-hmm. really, because it's an extremely deeply ingrained narrative that we have to break and it is happening my feelings about it are kind of on two fronts. It's that, it's changing the narrative. That's why I want to continue to do what I'm doing. It's letting women know it's okay. <laughs> it's actually all right, this side of the fence. You know, this mm. side of the, the hair dye, life goes on. And I mean, I meet people all the time who say, I could never do that. I could never do that. And they absolutely could. You just have to work out a way of doing it for you. And the society, the pressure is so so hard when you think about absolutely decades and decades and you know older women as hags and witches and it's in our psyche it's we 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 look at pictures when we're in our in our childhood of ugly women with gray hair it's so ingrained I can see exactly how we become this fearful of it and I was scared of it I I first found my gray hair when I was 23 and I have dyed my hair consistently since then pretty much wow and uh, I would be so scared that my hair would blow up and you would so I call it the line of doom you would see this line of doom because (laughs) you know within a couple of weeks my hair would this band would grow I would buy sprays and put it on my parting and I mean what is that about 
You know, what is that about? And this narrative is so, it's so built into us. And that's where the fear is. And it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. And that yet that's perpetuated by, you know, society in some respect now. It's still, in a lot of cultures, it's still very looked, frowned upon to, to let your hair go grey. It's lovingly. So that, I think that's where it comes from. I think the story you're telling in us growing up with these visuals of Mm. old women, haggard looking, even mean looking, being replaced with new images of confident women who are going gray. We say it on our website that you have to see it to become it, right? You have to have sort of these examples. I really believe that. And that's the point of the podcast. If people are listening to the two of you and how you did it, then maybe there's something in that for them. They can consider their own possibilities. And I think that's exactly what you're doing is you're giving us evidence of, well, that doesn't look so scary. That actually looks amazing. Absolutely. You know, is that available for me? Right? For sure. Definitely. I think, I think we're so bombarded, you know, in the media for just dyeing your hair because you're worth it. Yeah. And covering up the grey because you're worth it, you know. And, you know, if you want to cover up your grey and you love love colouring your hair, yeah. you know, that's fair enough as well, you know. I I used to really love enjoying colouring my hair in different colours and things like that and fair game. But uh, when you start doing it just because you start feeling dirty or not looking after yourself or and made to feel that way, um, for me being a model as well, you know, yeah. that was frowned upon. It was just like, oh, you have a few greys at a job, you know, and they'd be there for hours with the well powder, <laughs> you know, and I feel so bad. My confidence would plummet, you know. Yeah. So it's very, very hard for us all to break out of that. And that's with us for from an early age, isn't it? Like yeah. Julie said, I mean, I found my first grey at 18 and I'd be there in front of the mirror with my tweezers pulling them out, these amazing white hairs. Um, but, you know, that, that's just obviously a part of my journey. I wasn't ready to go there yet. I was frightened to go there as well. Sure. You know, I was frightened because I just didn't feel that um, I would be accepted. Julie, did you want to say something? I, I was just going to say that age isn't valued. Mm. I think that's where it comes in as well. Although we have this immense amount of experience if you look older, then there's a t- chance that you'll just be made gradually more invisible and not noticed and not worthy mm. and ignored by society. And that is one of the things that we're trying to go, ta-da, <laughs> look, we're still here. We have the great hair. Absolutely. We're worth it. We're, we're, we are worth it. We're worth this. We're not yeah. worth that. And you know who we're talking about. And, yeah. and, and I think that's really key that we aren't sidelined that we can shine and and that's why you've got Jamie Lee Curtis with five million people on Instagram and mm-hmm. you know Helen Mirren and uh, Whoopi Goldberg and people that just aren't ashamed to show their age through their hair because it doesn't mean it just doesn't mean anything and and we are still just as worthy I'm just as worthy as I was when I was 34 I don't feel any different so you know that's part of that whole narrative we shouldn't be ashamed yeah. of this and and that's what we push for isn't it Lisa? Absolutely I love well that. Well said darling. Thank you guys for sharing your passion. I'm excited for people to listen to this and feel like they have a new paradigm in which to approach their own aging, whether it's their hair or their skin or whatever it is that they're sort of struggling with. So thank you for sharing that. Lisa, I want to ask you a question really quickly. This was actually something that you wrote. Um, It it wasn't necessarily a, a quote on your feed, but it was, you'll never be this version of yourself again, slow down and be with her. What prompted that? What was the moment of realization and what was it for you that caused that sort of quiet pause yeah well that was actually from uh, Rupi Kaur mm-hmm. an Indian um, poet and I think reading that just made so much sense to me um, I think I'd spent many years um, thinking that if I was if I was like this or if I was this woman or if I was doing this always thinking of the future then my life would be so much better I'd be so much happier and I realized that there was a lot of time wasted there of me always looking to the future, always mm. trying to be 
someone else or, you know, just trying to, I think maybe trying to be perfect. Yeah. And actually all along, I am perfect as me. Yeah. You know, and it was all, all about sort of slowing down, which I have in the last few years, going within. Uh, yeah, just connecting with me. And I felt that those words actually really, really did resonate yeah. with me. And I thought they would with other women as well, maybe for the same reasons, maybe for different reasons, but they spoke to me. They're powerful words. And I think, you know, we've all had a moment of finding a picture of ourselves in our 30s or something and lamenting that we at that point in life, like I can remember the things I thought about myself and the things that I had hoped for, or wished for, or wished were different. And I look at that 30 year old woman and I think, oh my goodness, if only you could have, in your words or in Rupi's words, been with her. She was beautiful. Yeah. She was wonderful. She knew what she knew at the time, right? Absolutely. And so, yeah, beautifully put. Knowing that that's going to happen, that there is a, 60 and a 70 and an 80 year old version of ourselves that will look at us wherever we are and say oh, the same thing. And Julie, you also, after I saw that on, on Lisa's, I was like, okay, I want to quote from Julie too. And you've said, don't look back. You're not going that way. Oh my gosh. Like if only all of us could just that. embrace that, right? <laughs> Wonderful. How did that kind of shift the way you, that mindset, shift the way you looked at yourself and the way you moved forward? Um, I don't want to harp too much on about it, but I'd be facing my mortality twice now. Mm. There have been two moments in my life where I've thought, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, and y your life literally shrinks. It gets very tiny at that point. And so therefore, when you come through that, you really, really realise how little time you have potentially got left. I've got, mm. in 10 years, I'll be 66. And I've got a lot to do. So I don't want to be looking back. My energy and my time ruminating and churning things that have happened to me in the past and worrying about what people might think or what might they, they might have thought about something that I've done is a complete waste of my time. People think that you have more time than you have and you don't. You know, mm. you, you've just got to get on and, and do things. Um, so, so looking backwards, it's like the, there's another one, isn't it? There's... Um, um, if you look in the rear, rear view mirror, you're going to crash. Yeah. You just stop looking backwards. It's yeah, all about like living, one. being in the moment, like trying to be in the moment as, you, as much as you can, but also being excited about what's to come and think think forward if you can. And that's not, you know, it's not easy. And it's not certainly not easy when you are ill or you have ill health or you have, you know, problems. But even just a little bit of that, just try not to churn because you've got to kind of pull away from those really, uh, there are emotions that will pull you down. Yeah. They will pull you down. And and I've been there. So I'm, I'm talking from experience. I'm not just sort of chucking that out there. It's, it's, so it's definitely, don't look back. You, you, you're not, you're not there. You're, you're that way. I'm going that way. It's so true. And I've said this so many times on the podcast, but as much as we talk about like, it's, you know, you've got the, your whole life ahead of you and it's not over yet and all that, we don't know how numbered our days are. And so that means the decisions we make about today are even more yeah. precious, are even more important. Our yeses really mean something. So um, I, I appreciate you uh, drilling that message home for, for our sakes. Lisa, I'll start with you. How many years since you first started? So when you went public, not when you were a private Instagram, but from when you went public to now, how many years has it been? Okay. So uh, about two and a half years. Okay. So it's not very long, yeah. not very long. Okay. No, not really. No. And Julie, what has been something that maybe has surprised you or you wish somebody would have um, told you about earlier, maybe it would have made growing this platform easier? <laughs> um, probably, you know, a degree in how to how to monetize the damn thing because <laughs> it's really complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I wish someone had said to me, don't be precious about it. Because mm. I remember, ch you know, agonizing over posting things. Shall I post it? It doesn't matter. Millions of posts go up every day. Millions. I and mean, I can't tell you, I can't remember how many hours of, of um, footage is posted to, to YouTube every day. 
it's insane. It, like it's yeah. like, a, I don't know, 20,000 hours yeah. a minute or something. Wow. It, it just gets subsumed. It just gets swallowed. And so I, and it does, it does matter, but it doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like it matters to you. For sure. But don't be too pressured. I think that's what I would wish someone mm. had said, look, just get on and post some stuff. Just yeah. press the button. Just press yeah. the button. Yeah. <laughs> You can always delete it. You can you always can. delete it. That's, That's true. But, That's but if thing. we if we use it for its initial intention, which is just to be social, then you imagine walking into a room and it's just saying hello to a lot of people, right? And and it's just yeah. engaging with people versus this is my resume that I'm putting forward. But I think if you know, yeah, if anyone else is out there listening, just go for it. Well, I'll be honest. It feels that precious piece that you just said. It feels like that for me. And I can hide behind a brand. It's not my name. It's my company's name. But I will say when I do show up, I get DMs. I get comments. And I think it's just people want to know who is the human behind that brand. And so whether it's you're representing yourself or you're representing your brand, I think we we should pay attention to what you're saying about not being too precious about it. I think, Julie, you said you were a teacher. I did work for a long time in a school, many years, and I worked my way up. I did my degree while I was at the school, and I ended up um, working with students with special educational needs, and um, I taught them literacy and um, worked, um, helped to run a team of teaching assistants and assess students, that kind of thing. So it was part of my life for a really long time. And Lisa, you were a model, and now we have to just say that you, I don't know, do you live on a farm or is it just that you have a lot of animals? <laughs> In lockdown, we got the opportunity to buy the field right next door to our okay. home. And um, it ho- always been a dream for me to have a little mini animal sanctuary. I've been a vegan for many, many years. And uh, yeah, if, if I had the opportunity to save animals, you know, I, w- I really wanted to do that. So yeah, so we saved rescued six sheep oh my gosh which are now uh, part of the family we also rescued two dogs from greece and bosnia and we've got three rescue cats so um yeah a very busy household it's apparent to me that both of you in the in the work that you've done prior to this were people that focused on meaningful work your impact on whether it's young children or animals like those were important things to you and that you're you're sort of mm. your hearts both run deep and so oh. it's no surprise that you've developed a a, a friendship and a, yeah. and a and a relationship not only with each other but with so many people that so many people can see yeah. that it whether you're talking about silver hair or whatever it's really who you are and the way you guys have been able to show up i think that has commanded so many people's attention. What do you each want to say to a woman who thinks it's too late? And and Julie, I'll start with you. She thinks it's too late to start something new. It's not. <laughs> it, it really, really isn't. Oh my God. It just, I'd, I'd hate to think someone was sitting out there thinking I could never, I could never do that because that was me, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I, I also do writing as well, I write and I'm trying to write books and um, I've made connections with a magazine. I'm writing some articles for a magazine after I've guest blogged. Honestly, it was never something I thought I could do. And I just think sliding doors, okay, all you have to do is take one step mm-hmm. because that will go that way. And then something over there will take your attention and you'll, you'll go, oh, well, I'll just talk to them and then they'll talk to someone else and then you'll cut co- it all come back around it just it, these things just have this way of of yeah. making links and, and and working for you like a little network and as soon as you just take that one step I think that's what I would I would say to someone don't think that it's over but don't think you have to do a massive thing just no. do a, th- a small thing in that yeah. direction and, and start start small and just get going great advice thanks for that Julie no. Lisa what would you say First thing I would do is give them a big hug, a big <laughs> bear hug, a big squeeze, and just, <laughs> yeah, just say, believe in yourself. Look in the mirror and look at look at you. Look how beautiful you are. Look deeper and um, know that it's never over. It's never over. Just every day is a new day. There's a new, always a new you. Yeah, um, you're never too old. You know, I lost my brother at 32. Mm. 
I know how precious life is and it doesn't matter how old you are. It's just like there's always new opportunities, mm. miracles around every corner yeah. and friendships and kinships. But first it'd be that big squeeze. We just need to open our eyes to those potentials because and those miracles, as you said, because they are there. Yeah. So we're going to just quickly go into our fast five. Lisa, I'll start with you. Please share a, a daily practice that you do that keeps you grounded. That would have to be walking my dogs in the countryside. I walk them for about two hours. Um, so that keeps me really grounded. And also my sheep. I go out every night and get cuddles off them. And it's just, yeah, it's just really beautiful. Oh my gosh, what a life. Okay. And Julie, <laughs> what do you do regularly that keeps you grounded? I'm going to have to mimic Lisa because I also walk my dog. It, walking is massive for me. It's a well-being thing for me. It's mindful. And uh, sometimes I listen to podcasts. I've listened to your podcast on there. Uh -huh. And um, that's one of my times where I just get to just do a thing, you know, completely for me. And um, also sometimes I just turn that off and I listen to the birds and, and yeah. absorb mm. and breathe. That just takes you out of every, you know, takes you out of yourself. And I also, I don't do it often enough, but I try to meditate as often as I can. And I just, I use the Calm app, you know, the app mm -hmm. on your phone. And yeah. even if I can just get 10 minutes in, it, it makes a big difference to me. We'll make sure to link to that too for people. And then what are you each reading these days? Julie, I'll start with you. At the moment, I'm reading Breath by James Nestor, which is about... Mm -hmm everything to do with breathing. And actually, it's hugely informative. I'd, you know, I'd recommend anyone. I haven't quite finished it, but um, I've changed my, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I have had trouble sleeping, sleeping for a long time and um, would wake up with a very dry mouth and uh, just not being able to get back off to sleep. And I've started taping up yeah. my mouth. Have you heard yeah. of this? Oh, I've heard of right? it. So no. I'm, taping, I'm taping up my mouth. And I am sleeping through the night, which is insane. No way. Yeah, it forces the the nose breath, right? Yes, mouth breathing is really not very good for you. And so nose breathing is really good and it helps you stay asleep. It also helps you not want to go to the toilet in the night because it suppresses, okay? <laughs> right? It, honestly, it suppresses this wow. thing in your brain. The pituitary gland gets involved and it suppresses this chemical, vasopressin or something, in your blood so that your kidneys don't make you want oh, to go to the goodness. toilet. Like the, the water's not released or something. By, by nose breathing. <gasps> who knew oh, changed my life yeah I'm gonna read that book I think what are you reading uh, these days Lisa I dip into a few different things depending on what mood I'm in but at the moment Untamed is by my bedside by Glennon Doyle yeah I haven't read it all because as I said I'm sort of quite busy with home life also I like to read Rumi a few of his beautiful mm -hmm. poems and I'm really into reading about mediumship and the afterlife as well. So I've got loads of books on that. So now and again, I sort of just pick one up and start reading a chapter. We all have many books uh, on our bedside tables that are just waiting to be finished. What are you reading? Can <laughs> I ask you? Um, well, actually, at present, I'm reading a, a book that hasn't come out yet. It's called There Are No Rules for This. And I'm going to have the author on the podcast. And Ooh. it's um, her first novel. And so I'm looking forward to sort of finishing that. But that's what that's what I'm sort of thumbing through right now. Oh wow. I love biographies and I read a lot of how-tos, especially as I'm in this space oh. trying to catch up on all the yeah. all the things around uh midlife. I will tell you one book I'm not really finished. I've kind of to Lisa's point, I've thumbed through a few chapters here and there, but strength to strength. I think that's what it's called. And it's, um, I'll put it in the, the show notes. It's Arthur Brooks who writes about moving to this second part of life. And he's a Harvard uh, social scientist, a professor, and talks about crystallized intelligence and sort of this space that we've moved into and wisdom. And um, I read wow. it because I was giving a, a quick speech to a bunch of high school seniors, uh, of which my son is one. And so I was oh. I was using it to to sort of form what I was saying. And I ended up just really appreciating the book. So that's a good one. You guys can oh, pick that up. Okay. And then, yeah, um, thank you of that. course, how do you each unwind? Like, what's the thing you do? And maybe it's the dog walking. What's something that is the ideal relaxation 
device for you? And uh, Lisa, we'll start with you. Music. Music's a big thing for me. So um, yeah, that really helps me unwind. I'd rather just sit there rather than put the TV on, have music on. Okay. Or just going outside looking at the moon. Yeah. Or listening to the birds singing at sunset. I want to go on a Lisa retreat. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I think I need a little bit of that. That's awesome. And Julie, how about you? What do you do to to unplug? I do a bit of yoga. I'm starting to get back into that um, again. But I think going to the beach, my husband and I absolutely love. We're about 35 minutes from a beach that we love walking on and we take our dog and we just hang out. Oh, that's lovely. We're plant-based as well. We're pescatarian, but mainly plant-based. And we took um, so took some hot rolls with some vegan sausages in there and we took coffee and we just sat on the beach early in mo- early morning. And it was really, really lovely. Julie, what would you go back and tell your 25-year-old self, if you could, about midlife? What do you want her to know? I would say to her, you're going to be okay. It's a bit cheesy, but don't be scared. Like things are going to be okay. Mm. And I was so insecure at that age, I think, you know, physically and mentally. And some of the, what I'd been through up to that point wasn't giving me the the best kind of mindset, if you like. So I think I would definitely give her encouragement and and let her know that it's going to be fine. And actually that, you know, when I was, I remember being that age and thinking about midlife and thinking it seemed like a different world for, you know, I just, no connection with those people at all, you know, but, um, and I would have been fearful of it. I think thinking that getting old was a bad thing, but actually it's a great thing. This age is amazing. And I would say, don't dye your hair. Yeah, of course you would. (laughs) Because there are some of the research that I've done shows that there are links between, there've been decades of research about hair dye and there are links between hair dye and cancers. And uh, I've had breast cancer twice and it's not genetic. So I would definitely tell myself, for God's sake, girl, just put the bolt down. Don't do it. Lisa, what would you say to your 25-year-old self? Well, firstly, I'd say don't buy cream sofas. That's <laughs> 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 what I'd say. The pain of my life. <laughs> I would say, because I got into healthy eating and exercise very young, so I'd say keep going keep going where you're going, stay on that path and um, everything in moderation, but where you're going, you're heading in the right direction. And also I'd say um, your friendships are like gold dust. Hmm. So nurture them and hold on to them and always have an open heart Yeah, because it will come in handy as you get older. You too. I tell you so much goodness coming out of this. And um, Julie, what has this platform what has it done to liberate you? How has it liberated you as a woman? I just think it's taken the restraints off, really. I've got so much energy in me and so much kind of joy for this, you know, what's mm. going forward. I think, you know, it partly feeds from and is, is boosted from what's happened to me, really. Um, but I just, I just feel like it's liberated my voice. I can speak about issues that are important to women and feel like I'm making a bit of a difference, even in my tiny little corner. Um, Mm, And and that is honestly just such a joy. It fills me up, fills my soul. Um, The connections, the tribe, all of those things. And uh, yeah, I'm so thankful for it. So thankful. Lisa, how about you? How has this journey of starting this platform liberated you? I think everything that Julie said, really, I think it feels like it's sort of blown open my heart chakra it almost feels like it's just opened me up completely um which obviously brings liberation and it's been it's been wonderful to acknowledge who I am matters and um hearing my voice not just hearing my voice in my head and thinking oh is that right or is that okay it's actually putting my voice out there and that in itself is liberating. And then the wonderful feedback that comes back, you know, just um, people totally getting what I'm saying. It's been an incredible, incredible ride and will continue to be so, I'm sure. Yes. Thank you both for sharing your incredible ride with us and Aww. taking us along. This has been such a wonderful way for me to spend the last hour plus, and I cannot wait for people to hear the two of you share 
Thank you so much for bringing us on together as well. That's been joyful. Yeah. I saw you guys on one of your platforms. I can't remember who. And I was like, I need to have these two uh, on together. That's so nice. Thanks. And Liberty listeners, thank you guys for sharing this hour with Lisa and with Julie and with me. And I know that in addition to learning more about how they've run their respective platforms and the silver movement and the silver sisters, you are benefiting from their wisdom. So enjoy. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye for now. Liberty Road is broadcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. If you like what you've heard, please follow, rate, and review Liberty Road on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping your ventures. Liberty Road is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Joy Windham, and music by Jordan Flower. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 